0: once again, welcome to Redeemer Church, where our mission and vision is to connect people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. It's why we exist. Today we begin a new teaching series titled Forgotten Virtues. And over the next five weeks, um, we're going to look at five virtues that have been seemingly lost in our culture. Today we're going to begin this series by looking at a virtue, the virtue of honor, Um, And we're also going to look at a story of Jesus and what what it happened when Jesus went to a place where he was not honored, and what can happen when we don't honor God in our lives. More specifically, what God can't do when we don't honor God in our lives. But before we do that, let's take a moment to pray together this morning. Let's pray. Holy God, as we have entered into this time of worship, we ask that your Holy Spirit would meet us here in this place. Open our hearts to receive your grace, to receive your word, your calling, your life, as we put our trust in you this day. It's in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus the Christ, that we pray and everyone said, amen. If you have your Bibles with you today, um, feel free to join me. We're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 6. But we're going to start talking this morning about honor. And sadly, we, we live in a culture where many live without honor. Every culture has its own definition and its own understanding of what honor means and entails. And I, I remember a story when I was in the public school system. Um, and there was a child who was sent to the office. And the child was sent during lunchtime and brought his tray. I don't know if you remember the old school... Um, lunch trays you know with the the round mashed potato lump lunch trays okay so the kid goes to the principal's office with his tray and um, there's no table for him to eat at and so the principal has him sit on the floor up against the chair um so that he can uh eat with the chair as his table makes sense you know pretty pretty uh, intuitive principle Until the dad comes to the school to meet with the principal about the kid, and when he sees his son sitting on the floor in front of the principal's desk, he becomes irate and blows up at the principal. Because in his home culture, for a child to sit before an adult who's seated at a desk, it it was a dishonoring position, it was a disrespectful position, and the father was irate that his son was being so disrespected and dishonored by the principal. All over the world people live in cultures where honor is valued. Sometimes it's misunderstood, but you have to admit, maybe you don't, I have to admit, in our country so often we become a culture that's really without honor at least my definition of honor. I want to show you an example today of a story that where Jesus was limited by what he was able to do because of his hometown Um, the people who should have honored him most actually honored him the least and in Mark 6 Jesus was going back to his hometown and not his birthplace per se but his his place where he grew up and a year prior to this uh, he was he was run out of that same town So a year prior, he was run out of town. His community was threatening to kill him. And so Jesus left, and he went on this tour. We would call it in our culture today like a teaching tour. Um, But Jesus goes on, on this tour, and he starts doing ministry. And And he's teaching, and he's teaching God's word and doing all sorts of miracles. And and he he turns water into wine, he raises the dead, and he's opening the eyes of the blind. And Jesus is doing all these amazing things. And then he comes back to his hometown. And he couldn't do much of anything because of the lack of honor and faith in the community. And so we pick it up in Mark chapter 6, verse 1 where it says Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? In other words, in other words, wow, this guy, this guy, he's pretty amazing. He's teaching with, with powerful authority. His miracles, we're hearing about them they're awesome. But how can he do something like that? And, and then someone, someone says, in verse 3, and then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Isn't that just that ordinary guy who we grew up with? Wasn't Jesus that kid in class that everyone hated because he was the teacher's pet? He always seemed to get every answer right when the rabbi said, asked a question about the Hebrew. He seemed to always know the answers. I hated that guy in school. I was that guy in school. No, I wasn't. I didn't know most of the answers. Teacher's pet, I remember him. No, wasn't that the guy who built your patio furniture? Yeah, Jesus, I remember him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. The Greek word for without honor is the word atamos. atomos, and it means to dishonor or to treat as common or as ordinary. Did you know that that's what to dishonor means, to treat something as ordinary? To dishonor something is to treat it as common, to treat it as ordinary. And the flip side of dishonor is, of course, the word honor, and in Greek, that word is to may, to may, which is actually spelled T-I-M-E. Not to be confused with time, but to may. It means to value, to respect, or to highly esteem. It means to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. It is to to ascribe worth to something, to esteem it, to give it value. Let me give an example. I have an old brown coffee mug. It would be just a 1960s, 1950s Sears and Roebuck catalog order, mail order um, coffee mug. It looks similar to that one right there, but it has a front, more of a frosted top. But it is exceptionally valuable to me, because it was my grandfather's. I remember him carrying it around, carrying it out to the workshop on my family farm, Um, with his stubbed finger because it got cut off in a metal press. And so it hung on his stub. It's the only one in the set that survived the clean-out of the family farm in Ocusta when he passed away. This ordinary, common, everyday mug that everyone seemed to have back in the day is now extraordinary to me because it alone survived. Because I ascribe value to it. I would never treat it as common. It would never be ordinary to me. I keep it displayed in a locked China cabinet with some of my most prized possessions that are exceptionally more valuable monetarily Than a cheap old cup that you probably wouldn't even spend a quarter on at a garage sale. It's priceless to me. Honoring and esteeming something lifts it up, dishonoring devalues and tears down. To honor someone is is to believe the best about them, to dishonor them is to believe the worst. You know, And I know that many say, I can't treat a person or this. I can't treat this person with honor because they're not honorable. Maybe you've not experienced that, but I know people who've said things like that. I can't treat this person as honorable because they're not acting honorable. But there's a difference between honor and respect. Respect is earned. Honor is something that we give. You don't earn honor. You give honor. You may think, well, I'll treat you with honor when you start living honorably. But no, we we treat people with honor before they live honorably. And the honor we bestow upon them often lifts them up to live honorably. It empowers, it encourages. I believe the reason our country is the way that it is, is because over and over again we have devalued people by being dishonorable. Let's see what the spirit of dishonor does to the Son of God. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Notice the gospel writer doesn't say that he wouldn't do anything. The Bible says he couldn't do any miracles except lay on hands on a few sick people and heal them. And Jesus himself was amazed at their lack of faith. You see, where there was a lack of faith, there was a lack of honor. And where there was a lack of honor and a lack of faith, Jesus could not do what he was able to do in other places. Where they believed in him, where they honored him, Have you ever wondered why God is able to do miraculous things in other places sometimes? Tragically, we have become a culture, for the most part, that is without, without honor. And that's what I say. That's what Tim says. And to illustrate why Tim says that, why I say that, let me share with you two groups of people that the Bible says we're supposed to honor, and then you can make the decision if you believe that or if you agree with me or not, okay? So I say we live in a culture without honor. You get to make that decision on your own. So the first group of people that I want to share with you about in the Bible is clear that we are called to honor, are you ready, our parents, Huh? Ah, Some of you are shaking your head this way, some of you are shaking your head this way. Exodus twenty twelve says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. God gives us directive to Moses and Exodus. We're told to honor our fathers and mothers. Let me ask you, do you believe we live in a culture that honors or dishonors parents. Rhetorical, you don't have to say it out loud. I don't want you to get smacked by your spouse. I feel as though every time I see a child mouth off to their parents, I feel like it, I, I'm witnessing you know, God's heart breaking in a way. And I may sound old-fashioned. I, I understand that. I'm, a, I'm just a country kid who grew up with different values than a lot of folks today. But, but I'll tell you, my middle boy is just starting to take karate lessons, and it is so refreshing to hear him around the house saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. I just got to tell you as a parent, I, I like it. And I'm not trying to be a dictator or anything in the house. I'm just saying it's nice to hear that in my house. And I know his mother appreciates it. But there are a lot of other ways that we honor our parents. When we have children, we honor our parents by speaking well of them in front of our children. Remember, respect is earned and honor is given. We don't all have perfect parents, I understand that. Um, We don't all have perfect grandparents, I understand that. But what we say about our parents to our children matters we honor our parents because it is biblically right to do so out of surrender out of uh, out of a surrendered submissive and grateful heart it's different than respect respect is earned honor is given the second group so if you haven't made up your mind yet it's okay there's another group if i didn't convince you yet the second group the bible tells us we're called to honor or a second group, because there's lots of different groups. I was going to preach about how we're supposed to uh, honor our pastors, but I thought that might be going a little too far this morning. The second group we're called to show honor to is authority, and I thought this was challenging enough. To those that God has placed above us. Romans 13 talks about how honoring those and the governing authorities and then the government is important. Verse 7 tells us to give us or to give everyone what you owe them. If you owe respect, then you're, you're supposed to give respect to that person. If you owe honor, then you're supposed to give honor. So Romans 13.7 says, Give to everyone what you owe them, Pray your, pay your taxes, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. So when I served in the military... Um, I served under a commander-in-chief that I did not agree with, nor did I vote for. However, he was the authority over me, one of them. And as such, I honored him for his position. It had nothing to do with my political views. It had nothing to do with my personal views. It had everything to do with my Christian calling to honor those in authority over me. Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I like how the English Standard Version says it. It It says it this way, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. I just love that phrase. Do you want a great marriage? Here's how outdo each other. It's a recipe for success. You lift them up, encourage them, and you highly esteem them and show them they are valued, your partner. You lift them up and watch as they grow into what you speak into their life of faith. The same is true, though, in every other relationship that we have outside of marriage. Every relationship that we have Why is it that we are a culture without honor? Well, the reason for that is that we are a people who don't honor God anymore. If we're honest about it. Because all real honor is born out of a heart of surrender to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the Prince of Peace. Psalms 22, 23 says, "Praise the Lord, all of you who fear Him; honor Him, all your descendants of all you descendants of Jacob. Show Him reverence, all you descendants of Israel." The problem we face is that we treat God as though He were common. Remember, dishonor is the same as treating something as though it's common or ordinary. When we treat God as though God is like everything else, common and ordinary, He is no longer awesome, no longer full of awe and inspiring to us. We are too familiar with Him. He's too ordinary. He's just the big guy upstairs who's got my back all the time. Thanks, God. Love you, Jesus. I know some Christians that are that way. Sorry. That's not something I made up. I saw someone do that once. But Jesus is not a little baby in a manger. We're not, thank you, eight pounds, seven ounce Jesus, living in a manger for the rest of my life. Praying to that. Jesus is coming back. He's returning. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. And when he comes back, he's coming back, not in a, in a crib, in a manger. He's coming back with a sword. If you read in the Bible how Jesus comes back with trumpets blazing. He is the righteous one who shed his blood so that we would live And when we stop treating God as common, if we can stop treating God as though He were ordinary and start seeing Him as who He truly is and who Christ truly is, we'll start honoring other people too. Because we're made valuable by His name, because of Christ. When we realize that, that we have value because of Christ, we we will return and reclaim that forgotten virtue of honor. Anybody ever heard of Babe Ruth? I'm about to express all of my sports knowledge in one sermon, so get ready for it. And I had to look this up. It's told that the great Bambino himself, I got that from the Sandlot. I don't know if that's what they really called him. He autographed seven home run bats in his lifetime. The very first one was lost for decades. His agent gave it out at a home run contest. The guy who won it, he just disappeared, he vanished, no one could find him. And for years he kept the bat as an honored possession, of course. On his deathbed though, having outlived everyone in his family, he decided he was going to give it to his nurse. And he said to her, and I quote, You are the closest person that I know and love, and I want to give you the most valuable possession I have. Well, she didn't know anything about baseball, and and she knew all she knew was that it was special. And so for the next 18 years, she kept it under her bed in honor of this guy who gave it to her. Eventually, though, she came on to hard times as she was trying to open up a, a restaurant business, and, and she took the bat down to the local sports dealer and to have it checked out to see if it was worth anything. And the guy's eyes got big, and the article said he actually just walked out of the store and went and got some friends. And they came back and they said that this is actually, they think it's actually the very first of seven autographed Babe Ruth bats. And the bat went into auction and sold in 2006 for 1.3 million dollars. So, needless to say, she opened her restaurant, and she took all of the remaining money, and she started a foundation to serve children that Babe Ruth wanted to serve at the end of his life, if you know the story of Babe Ruth. When a reporter asked her why she put all of the money in a foundation to help others, she said this, and I quote, The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it, so the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life because he made it valuable. You are valuable because of what Jesus did for you. You are valuable because of what Jesus did And if you're a believer and you believe in Christ and his name name is on your heart, the only reasonable response that we have is to do something with our lives that honors him. Because we are made valuable because what's been written on our hearts by Christ. Sadly, though, here's what the Bible says, and this is true of so many today. Isaiah 29:13 says, the Lord says this, he says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But I don't accept that. I say no to that. We will not be a generation. We will not be multiple generations. We will not be a church that gives God lip service because we are valuable because of what Christ has done for each of us. And we will provide him with our heart's honor, because he is truly the one who is worthy of all honor and praise and glory. And when we realize who we are because of what he did, then we will see the value in others and show honor to them, because they are also valuable they are also valued by God, valuable enough for Jesus to give his life for, just like Christ died for each of us. And when we know who we are and who, and we honor him, then we reclaim that virtue of honor, lifting up others, valuing them. In this, in this world, it will become more of what God intended it to be not common, not ordinary, but lifted up and honored as we, as we reclaim that forgotten virtue, as we live as honorable people of God. Let's pray together. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would plant this message deeply within our hearts, Lord, that you would change our hearts to believe in it, Give us the opportunity, Lord. Give us the eyes to see today those who we can show honor to. God, may we never be guilty of good intentions only, but to follow through, to write the notes, to say the words, to give the gifts, to reach out and publicly honor. But more than just publicly, God, even privately in our hearts, may we have a posture of honor to those around us. God, we thank you in advance for all of the opportunities that you're going to give us as a church and individually to honor where honor is due. Out of a reflection for the true honor that we owe you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, God, and our Savior, that we pray. And everyone said,